0: All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Uninformed Podcast. Of course, the most informative and entertaining podcast made by four friends who chat over a Zoom call every week. I'm your host this week, Ethan, and I'm here with Zach. Hey, what's up? What's up? I'm here with Jared. Hey. And Jonah. What's up? And of course, the last two are biologically related to each other, and they like to cuddle when the weather is cold. Uh, side, Side note there. Um, so let's get into this. I'm going to start by giving you guys a thought experiment. So we got to channel our inner Cocos. All right. Reference, by the way, to the sign language episode involving the famous gorilla of the same name. All right. So love it. let's mm. imagine, let's imagine that we're an ancient person. Okay. M- maybe not even a human. Maybe you're just an ancient primate. All right. So you're walking around prehistoric. You see some fruits that fell off of a tree. They fell onto the ground. They look rotten and you go over and you decide to eat it what is going to happen to your body in the next 20 to 30 minutes any suggestions or ideas your body is going to reject that fruit and right. you Statist- may throw end- up
1: oh yeah throw up and your okay. body would at least be sick maybe it could be food poison but it could be poisonous okay.
0: yeah all right yep. what do you guys think your body will turn into an Oompa Loompa. It'll grow up, turn blue. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's also an option. Um, but those are all plausible, especially the Oompa Loompa theory. But another thing that might happen is that you just might feel a little bit happy and a little bit warm and fuzzy inside. Why? Oh, Anybody know why? Hormones. Hormones? Is uh, there a guessing?
1: certain chemical in the fruit that would make you, yes. your body? Yeah.
0: Make Tish, is on, Tish, is on the, Tish is on the right track.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. So, Tish, you kind of got it. Um, but yeah, basically, as that fruit becomes overripe, the sugars in that fruit attract a lot, a lot of many types of organisms, including, of course, this ancient primate that we're pretending to be. But most importantly, it attracts microorganisms. And these are just, you know, single-celled organisms like bacteria that live everywhere. They live in the ground, in the air. They're literally all around us all the time. But the specific bacteria that made our primate friend feel funny is called yeast. These little bacteria, yeast, they feast on the sugars in the fruit, and they poop out a compound called ethanol, which, of course, you guys know, is the type of alcohol molecule that we humans, or I guess animals, uh, consume to feel intoxicated. Anybody ever heard of alcohol, <laughs> alcohol
1: before? What? Uh, I think I've heard of it in the Prohibition era.
0: Yeah so that, that that's it man so yeah, basically nice. that process that simple process of yeast eating sugars and then pooping out ethanol um is arguably one of the most important chemical processes that allowed humans to advance through civilization it's called anybody know what that's called by the way no uh, fermentation
1: yeah that's it oh, it was yeah, on the tip of my you. tongue yeah. i
0: was about to say it something ferments exactly yeah so yeah. Fermentation. Let's fast forward now thousands of years uh, to the first recorded history of humans now making alcohol. Does anybody know when the first recorded history of alcohol making was? Greece. Or where? Greece? Yeah, that's a good guess. Greece. Zach, you think you think, you know, I'm going to
1: say in Italy. So around the same, like around the Mediterranean Sea. All right. Um, yeah.
2: I, I think it predates all of that because it dates all the way back to uh, there was wine in the Bible. So somewhere mm. in like the Mesopotamia area, cavemen, I think it, it goes back a long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah, Jonah, you're the most right. Okay. Like I said, the first alcohol was literally, you know, just whenever a fruit fell off of a tree and started fermenting, that technically produced alcohol. So that that's obviously prehistoric. But the first recorded uh, history of it is actually in China nine thousand years ago. So in seven thousand BC, China Chinese humans were making an alcoholic beverage out of grapes and honey, which essentially mm. is just a, a primitive wine, which we'll talk about in a second. Let's fast forward a little bit more because we're not talking about nine thousand years ago. So there is, of course, a whole history of beer and wine um, and, and alcohol making in general, and how it's linked to human civilization and economies of scale and trading and empires and all that. But that's not what this episode's about side note if you do want to hear that tweet at us or send us a dm at the uninformed podcast if you want to hear part two yeah like i said the only thing that you need to know about beer and wine for this episode is that both were common beverages for thousands of years and actually they're often more common than water because the alcohol in those drinks could actually kill off other harmful bacteria. so yeah many times people throughout history would drink beer or wine instead of water because it still offered water content but uh, in a safer capacity than drinking, you know, um, dirty water. Yeah, the, the other things you guys need to know between beer and wine. Um, so wine is produced from a sweet drink, you know, mostly fruit juices, as you guys know, like grapes, for instance, um, that the yeast got into and started fermenting. And beer, similarly, is produced from a drink made with grains like oats and barley that yeast got into and started fermenting. Um, and now, depending on the climate, either grapes or grains would grow better and that determined whether a civilization mostly made beer or wine. So, for instance, the Middle East, you know, they, their climate uh, was prone to growing grains more so than uh, grapes. So they made a lot of wine. I'm, I'm sorry, a lot of beer. And in the Mediterranean, like you guys alluded to earlier, their climate uh, produced a lot of grapes. So then they made a lot of wine. Just that's just, you know, the way the cookie crumbled back then. Obviously, these drinks are different. um, and I'm sure everyone here has had both. uh, But there is uh, uh, a similarity, a a pretty stark similarity between the two. And it is their maximum alcohol content. So there's actually a limit. There's a limit to the amount of alcohol content produced in a natural fermentation process. Um, let's, uh, Let's put our thinking caps on again. If we are the yeast, and let's say we're in a room, which is the grape juice or whatever it is, Basically, if we're in a room with a bunch of food and we just start eating that food um, and we also poop in the same room, eventually there's going to be more poop in the room than food and then we're going to die because, uh, yeah, poop is toxic to us. Uh, Likewise, (laughs) yeast, they go through the same thing. So as the yeast eat the sugars and poop out alcohol, the alcohol content gets higher Uh, In the drink, of course, and eventually gets too high for the yeast to even survive. So they essentially just die in their own poop, um, which in this case is ethanol. And this happens around 10 to 15% alcohol content. And and typically wines are a bit higher than beers, but the point is the same, that yeast naturally die around 10 to 15% alcohol. So what that means is that for thousands of years, humans had never really had anything stronger than 15% or so alcohol. Um, because of this natural limitation, and of course, for better or for worse. Th- that's a pretty big simplification of thousands of years of history, but nonetheless, you know, beer and wine were the two common drinks, and 15% was the max that humans would really ever get. Okay, so let's take a step back now. Let's put our thinking caps on again, and we're going to imagine that we're a prehistoric person, all right? We have a vessel of muddy water, and it's just on a fire, so we just have a little you know, coconut, and we got some mud, mud water and some sticks, and it's boiling away. Um, Well, what do you notice? Of course, I kind of just said it, but it boils, of course, it bubbles, the water level goes down, and this gas is produced. Um, You guys obviously know what it is, it's steam. But if you're a prehistoric person, you know, you don't know about all this. But it's pretty clear to see that the water is turning into something else, because the the water level goes down and something else is produced. Um, But then, You see the water droplets are forming on a nearby surface, but it's not the muddy water that you started with. It's actually pure water. Um, And of course, you guys know that as the water cycle or boiling and condensation. Um, But, you know, of course, prehistoric people didn't know that, but that's how they kind of got a grasp of boiling different liquids. Now, now let's imagine we're an ancient person, maybe living a thousand years ago. So not prehistoric, but, you know, a little bit more modern. Um, And we're making a nice little stew on a low fire with some red wine. It's a nice little wine stew. Um, So it's not hot enough to actually boil the water because you have it on a nice low simmer. But you still notice that it's bubbling. And like before, droplets are condensing onto the nearby surface. So you slide your finger through these droplets and you lick it and you taste it. And it turns out these droplets are, anyone have an idea what those droplets are from boiling wine? Uh, fruit, fruit. No, not fruit. Zach, you know what they are. Um,
1: well, the process. What you said before was distilling the water. So, uh, as per that example, I'm guessing that is not wine, but it's like grape juice.
0: You are so close, man. It is. Yeah, you're basically on the right track. Yeah. So you you actually brought up the word of the uh, episode, but. Uh, Yeah, so pretty much the droplets are pure ethanol or pure alcohol. Yeah, exactly. So so enter liquor, which is kind of the topic of this episode. Liquor, which comes from the Latin word liquia or however the heck you pronounce it, it just means liquid or fluid. Um, But yeah, from that example that we just talked about, people found out that alcohol boils at a lower temperature than water. So if you have beer or wine on a low simmer, the alcohol will evaporate out of the liquid before the water does. And if you collect this condensation, you get a more concentrated alcohol. And this process is, as Zach mentioned, called distillation. So people use specialized vessels. They're called retorts, which is just basically a jug that had either beer, wine in it, and you held it over fire. And the jug opened up to a, a long, narrow neck that curved down to the ground. So basically, the vapors would come off of the beer and the wine. They travel up the neck. And then as they go through that uh, narrow part of the neck, they would condense. And then they would drip out. Moonshine. Yeah, exactly. Um, So they would would drip out and you would get uh, uh, a very concentrated alcohol. It's essentially just an ancient still, if you know what a still is, a pot still. Mm. And you just brought up the word moonshine, which we'll talk about there. But yes, moonshine is exactly that. So imagine this jug, the retort, the still, uh, ancient people, you know, they're experimenting over thousands of years, putting different stuff in these little jugs. Um, now I'm going to throw it to you guys. I'm going to see if you guys can guess what comes out when you put different things in. So let's have a, we have a still, we have a a retort and you put beer in and you distill it. What do you get from that? You guys know? Hops. Hops. No, that's, that's Mm -hmm. a plant, like a vine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys know it's liquor. It's a type of liquor that comes out from distilling uh, beer. Malt, malt liquor. Okay, malt liquor. Any, any other guesses? Mm, Scotch. Fish. Scotch. Uh, yeah, it's actually it's Scotch whiskey. Yeah, they're, they're like that bourbon. They're in like the
2: same family. Yeah. Okay,
0: so yeah. basically if you distill beer, you get whiskey. And an mm. example is, of course, Jack Daniels. Um, if you distill wine, if you put the wine in the in the still, you get brandy, which I'm sure you guys have heard mm-hmm. about, such as mm-hmm. Hennessy. Hennessy. Uh, if you put- yeah, so had that- a lot of
2: good times with brandy.
0: Oh, oh definitely, I know he does. Brandy is my girl. Brandy is your girl, man. Um, okay, <laughs> what about this? Sugarcane molasses. That's you know, if you take sugarcane, you make a molasses out of it, and then you boil it or uh, distill it, you get rum. And of Mm. course, sugarcane grew a lot in the Caribbean. So a lot of pirates drank a lot of rum. And a name that you guys would know is Bacardi. There's a bunch more, of course. Um, But here's a fun one if you put anything into a still, just about anything, and you refine it a bunch of times, you know what? Liquor comes out? Vodka. Yeah, that's right. So Mm. vodka, it can be. (laughs) Jay! Exactly. Let's go. Vodka can be made from just about anything. So long as you put the distillate, which is the condensation that comes out. If you put that back into the original vessel and have it go through the process multiple times, it's called rectifying it's called- it. Um, if you do that to 95% alcohol, that's called vodka. Um, and you, usually mm-hmm. it's watered back down before it's packaged and sold. Cause you know, 95% is extremely high. Um, but an old joke in the distillery business is that you can make vodka from dog turds if you could figure out how to ferment them since you know you could pretty much make anything. Like the Russians and, and Eastern Europeans would make vo- potatoes. Uh, I'm sorry, vodka from potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, literally anything, just anything that uh, the yeast could eat. And produce yeah, and they, they used rice, correct? Yep, 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 yeah. yep. I've Korea has a, a, a rice alcoholic drink. Um, I forget the name. I just, I just watched a video on it. Uh, but yeah, so is it called sake? Sake is a Japanese beer, yeah, a different thing. But yeah, it's it's uh, all these different civilizations, you know, whatever they grew, whatever their cash crop was, if it was grapes, if it was rice, if it was barley. So yeah, basically if anything that you can have the yeast eat and poop out ethanol, you know, that can be made into an alcohol, um, you know, plants, sugarcane, anything with some sort of, uh, what is it, monosaccharides, whatever that is, the sugars within the plant. Mm. So yeah, different civilizations, different areas around the world make different kind of alcohol, um, depending on what they uh, could grow. But yeah, so back to the vodka thing. Vodka is just essentially anything that's distilled multiple times and rectified. It's called uh, to ninety-five percent alcohol. So
2: I did not know that. I knew that the uh, potato, like in Russia, that was like uh, pretty well known. Uh, probably the m- most popular known. I just kind of assumed it was all made from like potatoes. So I didn't know it was, you know, who knows what. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, essentially it is just potatoes. You just have some sort of potato drink. um, And then that ferments and turns into an alcoholic beverage and then you distill that. Um, So, okay. There are more things done to these liquors that are sold in the stores today than just simply distilling. Um, There's more, more processes. Um, So, This all comes from literally thousands of years of humans, trial trial and error. Um, So traditionally, the liquors, they were made in big quantities, you know, thousands of years ago, and they had to be stored in some place. So they were stored in barrels because that was the storage method of choice. Um, And these barrels, they had gone around the community. So they were used to store different things like fish and and whatnot. So before that, uh, before the liquor would get put into them, they would sterilize the barrels with some sort of fire that they'd light a fire with an inside barrel and kind of flash flame the inside of it uh, to char out uh, any bacteria and kill any of the fishy smell or whatever that was previously in it. This, this fire that creates this smoky residue, it turns out that that smoky flavor would get into the liquor after years of storage. And it made the liquor even more desirable if it added this, you know, smoky flavor to it. So that's why a lot of these companies you see that produce these aged liquors, uh, are hundreds of years old, you know, such as Hennessy. It's over 250 years old because they've been in the business for that long because it takes that long to store and add these flavors to the liquor in, in barrels. Um, so there's a lot of, of course, new distilleries that pop up and they do not produce aged liquor right away, obviously, because you can't. It takes you know decades. So they make vodka because vodka can be made immediately and it's just distilled liquor. Um, and they make vodka and gins um, and unaged rums, which is obviously, as it says, a rum that just hasn't been in a barrel for decades. So um, that brings us now to the main part of our episode, which I'm sure from the title, you guys are all very excited to hear. But that brings us on how to make some illegal drinks at home. Um, Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. go. Taboo. So, I have to caveat this. So, everyone, listen up if you're in your cars, turn up your radio. If you're in your headphones, turn the volume up. Warning, distilling ethanol at home for the purpose of drinking is a felony. And we, the Uninformed Podcast, of course, do not recommend this.
1: No, we um, don't. No, not all.
0: N- not only is it illegal, but the initial head cut, which is the first part that comes out uh, of the distillate, contains methanol, which, although it sounds similar to ethanol... And it is another molecule of alcohol, um, except it is pure poison and small amounts can literally destroy your optical nerves. So don't try this at home, but nonetheless,
2: there are a lot of stories out there of uh, people who used to make their own moonshine that was brought up earlier. They Mm -hmm. would distill it out in the woods. If you make moonshine wrong, you'll go blind from drinking it, which leads into
0: what you were saying. Exactly. Exactly. So that, that being said, Ethanol, which we've talked about, is produced at home for educational purposes only and in extremely small quantities, i.e. a few drops, that can't and shan't be digested by humans. All you have to do is heat up some wine in a vessel and catch the condensation, and that's how you legally make an illegal drink at home. As you mentioned earlier, Jonah, moonshine is the same thing, is made in this way. Moonshine, of course, is very illegal to produce. You know, There's a whole... Moonshine running and a whole history in the, in the Americas about uh, making and illegally producing moonshine. But essentially, it's just distilling beer uh, or other, you know, wines or whatever to make an illegal drink. And you can do it now. Just uh, don't drink it or don't do it. <laughs> but any uh, any comments, guys, any questions?
2: No, that's fascinating. I know a lot of the stuff that you threw out there. Um, I did know the, the moonshine stuff. And I think that was more so like back in the day when there was, you know, a hundred people that lived in town, you'd have two or three people that would make moonshine. And uh, I always thought it had something to do with the pipes they used, but I knew if you didn't make it correctly, you
0: could go blind from oh, it. Oh yeah. So the pipes, <clears throat> that's, they had like, uh, like those circular tubes, right? Yeah, yeah. So basically the point of that is, like I said, you have this jug that you're boil essentially boiling some sort of initial alcohol, like beer or wine. And then that gas, essentially, you know, alcohol steam comes up and then through those long round tubes, they have a lot of time to cool down. So they cool down slowly and then they condense into a liquid and then they run out and drip out the bottom. And then that's like a more distilled uh, version of it. And so the methanol, it usually burns off slightly before the uh, ethanol does. So the first bit of the part that you're distilling, which is called the head cut, that is like literally pure methanol. And, you know, that's the part that will like actually make you blind. So you have to like none of us could determine whether or not it was methanol or ethanol. But like these guys, these old dudes that would make moonshine, they could literally put a couple fingers in and just taste it with their fingers. And they would know mm-hmm. if it, you know, if it was still making methanol yet or if it switched over to producing ethanol um, and then essentially you just you know spit out or just get rid of that methanol. So, wow. yeah.
2: Well, they say when you uh, lose one sense, all your others get heightened. So who knows how many of those guys were <laughs> are blind and could taste it? <laughs> They're superhuman.
0: That's honestly true though, because yeah, yeah but don't do it. <laughs> There's stories of like like you said, dudes going blind making this stuff. But yeah, maybe their sense uh, sense of taste increased, which totally makes sense. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Look at me I know
1: stuff I, I so, think it was interesting uh, hearing about how vodka when it, the result of vodka is 95 percent alcohol content I didn't know that before yeah. I did hear about like yeah. it was like watered down
0: but I didn't know the exact percentage that's kind of insane yeah so in vodka is. from my from my readings that you know just anything that's 90 at least 95 percent ethanol and then the other five percent is you know whatever that drink that you started out with first initially so that's why there's you know different kinds of vodka and then mm. gin is just uh it's from like latin word juniper or, or you, know, it, you add juniper berries to a vodka and you make gin that's why mm. it's similar um okay. but yeah, there's all those different variations but yeah vodka is just at least 95 percent and then five percent something else and then they water it down
2: that <laughs> also makes sense because if you walk into a liquor store probably the large take out wine the largest section they have, it's mainly vodka. And I feel like all all of the new, like, if you walk in very rarely, is there a new uh, whiskey company or rum company? You have your, your, uh, your named companies, but there's more and more like vodka, like new vodka companies that come out. Yeah. That makes sense. If you can produce it quickly, because if you need something that needs to sit there for a couple of years, all of a sudden these companies are eating Massive losses on everything. Wow. Exactly. You know, just waiting yeah. for them to ferment over time.
0: Exactly. So that's why they they these new startups produce vodka, just to bring in the money while in the meantime, they're aging the other rums and, and liquors that they're producing. That
2: makes sense. I was sense.
0: watching an interview with uh, like a couple distilleries. But so I, I am not like a big alcohol guy. I didn't know much about this stuff. Um, so Obviously, at the uninformed, we all encourage you at home to do your own research and uh, figure out if any of this was true or not. But from my reading, I think this is all true. So you can take that with you to the bank. Um, if there's nothing else, guys, I'm gonna sign off.
1: I think you I'm meant gonna...
0: take it with you to the bar, right? Since oh, about that's alcohol. true. That's Ooh. true. I should have and,
2: and the best way to do your own research is to walk into your liquor store. Buy a ton of different <laughs> bottles and test them all out.
0: Exactly. I knew someone was going to say that. That's at-home that's at testing. But, yeah. So, anyways, thank you all for listening to the Uninformed Podcast. Please give us a rating on all your uh, podcast platforms. Um, don't be afraid to send us a DM or tweet at us if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns. And with that, I'd like to thank you guys for listening and hope you guys are all a little bit more informed.